There are a lot of people who lie and get away with it. Over the North Atlantic, toward the east coast of the United States. President Kennedy died. This week on Inside Jobs, Brian, Jean, and Lee investigate the Apollo moon landing hoax. On July 20th, 1969, NASA astronauts Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin landed on the moon in the lunar module Eagle. But many claim the landing was faked, filmed on a Hollywood studio, in order to fool the Soviets and the American people in a morale-boosting Cold War move. Joining me to discuss the moon landing hoax are civilian investigator Eugene Fake O'Neill, gentlemen, and conspiracy expert Lee Golden. I'm historian Brian Lane. <laughs> Welcome to Inside Jobs. Uh, you gotta warn me when you're gonna do stuff like that, Lee. You gotta warn me when you say 1969. Uh, no, that's the fun of it. I'm just like, hey, oh, okay. hey, Lee, surprise, 69. <laughs> uh, that's Lee's favorite kind of 69. I think it's gonna be a pretty good episode here, boys, because this moon landing hoax uh, has its fingers in a lot of conspiratorial pies, so to speak. This is the granddaddy of all space con- uh, conspiracy theories. Right. It's not the granddaddy of all conspiracies, which is who stole George Costanda's Twix bar at the car dealership. Yes. Or nor the grandmother of all conspiracy theories, which was New Coke. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, yeah, this was a doozy, isn't it, guys? Yeah, but uh, I just want to confirm, Gene, are you uh, you're back up to stuff after your uh, your crazy time last last episode? Uh, what are we talking? Oh, yeah, with the uh, the MK Ultra episode. I you know I don't remember most of that episode, but I feel like I'm myself again. Okay, well, you, maybe give it a listen. It's a pretty pretty good app. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> it, uh, there's this uh, person at work whose initials are MK, and I've just started calling her MK Ultra, uh, which is great. And then, then I go up to her team, and I start saying conspiracy theories, and then I just walk away while they're all like looking at me sheepishly. It's so great. I think that's why people love conspiracy theories, is because, like, you know... Uh, really religious priest or whatever, you can just say some crazy shit, and while people are shocked looking at you, you can just walk away, and it's real fun. So you're going out on a high note with these people, is what you're saying? Uh, yeah, high note meaning I was on acid as I walked away. <laughs> uh, I, what the thing that I like about this episode so much is that it is about space, and doing research for the show, I got to watch a lot of YouTube videos of space stuff, and space is just awesome. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, I, I did. I did. They got the moon, Jupiter, the Matara Nebula. <laughs> yeah, did, the Nexus. Did either of you guys go to space camp when you were a kid? Uh, uh, no, no, because I didn't, I didn't have a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got to go. Uh, it, Wait, you got to go to space camp? Yeah, it didn't cost a million dollars because we took a bus 
from Columbia, South Carolina down to Florida. Uh, it was awesome. It's as awesome as you can imagine it being. I got to uh, strap into this little harness seat and then they pull a hydraulic thing and lift you up and you're basically... You're, you're strapped into the seat, which is on a... Ryan, you just went to Bush Gardens. <laughs> I did yeah, that a lot, it too. It was space camp. <laughs> no, uh, so they pull it up on hydraulics, and then it's basically like you have uh, moon weight, and so you can bounce around as if you were bouncing around on the moon. It was awesome. I've basically been cool. on the moon. <laughs> uh, Un- well... Unlike Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong. And now, was oh, it, was zing. It, yeah, and that, so that took place... Uh, the what was it space camp isn't that basically where they filmed the apollo moon landing uh, uh well there there are some different theories about where they filmed the apollo moon landing uh some people say it was filmed on the sea of tranquility on the moon some crazy people yeah exactly some crazy <laughs> insane people so they faked the moon landing on the moon right they uh <laughs> they it, the thing was buzz aldrin and neil armstrong uh, weren't willing to go in unless they got points on the gross, and so they had to get other actors to to play them. So oh, right, and they agreed for points on the back end. Yeah. Um, personally, I think that they filmed it in that level of Duke Nukem, where they go on a movie set, and it's a movie set of the first level or the second level of Duke Nukem, and it's on the moon. What Jeez, is that a real just... thing? That's a <laughs> yes, real that's thing. A, that's a real thing. Wasn't that a downloadable mission? No. You're thinking of the one where they, like, Duke and DC, where you get to, like, go through the Smithsonian and, like, shoot moon capsules, which is and also just, great. And it's just mostly strippers. Shake it, baby. Want to go to the moon? <laughs> Want to fake the moon landing? <laughs> <laughs> um, man, this... This particular conspiracy theory has just permeated popular culture in a way similar to the the JFK conspiracies. I mean, the the film Capricorn One, for instance, where um, O.J. Simpson fakes the moon landing or fakes the Mars landing, just like he faked uh, the murders. Um, there's also the film Diamonds Are Forever, where James Bond runs past. Um, people faking the moon landing um, um, and then steals the moon buggy and drives it through Las Vegas. Uh, also Transformers Dark of the Moon. Oh yeah. Well, there, there's a part in that where Kennedy's like, well, you have to go to the moon to stop the Transformers, which was... Um, overdubbed by you. <laughs> yes. It was overdubbed by uh, Mayor Quimby, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, a, I think a good place to start is to give sort of the historical... NASA version of the moon story in, you know, sort of a brief... The quote-unquote official version. Right. The uh, officially released version, not the one that you had to mail away for. Yeah, not the Stanley Kubrick director's cut, which had extra scenes. (laughs) Still filmed in 3-4, which looks odd on a letterbox screen. Uh, So, as we discussed way back in episode 2... Uh, Project Paper. Attack of the Clones. (laughs) So if you want to pause right now and listen to episode two for a little refresher. Well, I think they should pause, listen to episode 14, where we also referenced episode two, and then pause that and go back to episode two. Then it's nested just like Cloud Atlas. Okay. You know what? Can we we stop for a second so I can listen to those episodes? Because I'm just lost right now. (laughs) Because you were pretty much zoned out anyway. 
Yeah, okay. yeah. The inside jobs averse gets pretty complicated after a first first couple episodes. Yeah, that's yeah. and that's only if you factor in canon episodes. Not all the private episodes that I record myself, where I'm doing all the voices, and then Patrick Stewart shows up as Jean Luc Picard and right. Professor X. And then for some reason they switched out the girl who plays Jean's girlfriend in the second one, so they had to refilm the final scene. Oh wait, that was Back to the Future. Man, I had two girlfriends. <laughs> Certainly one sci-fi fantasy. <laughs> uh, so, as we talked about in that episode, following World War II, there, you know, the government was basically uh, heavily anticipating uh, conflict with the Soviets over uh, hegemonic control of Europe and basically the world. And so they started to f- find in the space world, in and this in the world, and in not the world. Uh, so they started to round up as many Nazi scientists as they could. Uh, sort of fudged their backgrounds to make them seem as if they had not committed horrible, horrible crimes in the name of the Fuhrer and Fatherland. And they started shipping many of these scientists over to the United States to work for the military and NASA and other government-supported outfits. I promise one day we're going to start... This is a promise to the audience, by the way. I promise one day we're going to start a conspiracy theory that Brian doesn't trace back to the Nazis. Yeah. It's kind of like how Temple of Doom is the one Indiana Jones movie where there's no reference to Nazis. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah, we have yet to have a <laughs> <Yeah>. Temple <laughs> We've yet to have a Temple of Doom episode. Um uh man, uh now let's just talk about Nazis more guys. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to pause talking right now. You discuss the moon landing and I'll listen to episode 2. <laughs> While watching is Paris burning. <laughs> Brent Paris. Um, While well, funding that Kickstarter that keeps that Nazi war criminal they found out in jail. <laughs> Is there a Kickstarter for that? <laughs> no, but there could, there should be. Uh, that would be but funny. the guy who plays Goldfinger in Goldfinger is also in Is Paris Burning as a Nazi. So oh, wow. that's partway true. Also, uh, when we say Is Paris Burning, we are not talking about Paris is Burning, the drag queen documentary from the early 90s. Um, so yeah, so, anyway. so we had, yeah, so we had all these scientists, chief among them, or, or maybe not chief among them, but the most visible and the most uh, infamous to this day was, uh, Werner von Braun, who was, um, had started rocket clubs in Germany, uh, uh, before World War II, and then during World War II had become a, uh, a Nazi, a national socialist, as well as an SS officer who worked, uh, creating the first ballistic uh, rockets that were then rained down upon England through the through the end of the war. And that's the V two rockets. And, and the weather in England is just so shitty. Like there's so much fog. It's cold. It rains Nazi rockets. Sometimes Winston Churchill pisses himself. Uh, so uh, sometimes they have those Olympics. <laughs> There was nothing but glory in those Olympics, Gene. Um, but Werner von Braun was um, a, a, a kind of a young man, but he was also the the chief architect of of this uh, rocket pro- uh, rocket project that the Nazis had had. And so when he came over to work with uh, NASA, several other of his colleagues did. And he, and this is despite the fact, as we dis- discussed in Project Paperclip, uh, that they were using slave labor to um, 
produce fuel and produce uh, rockets. Yeah, uh, they were using those kids from Temple of Doom. Yeah. <laughs> it all ties back to Indiana Jones slash Nazis. Um, but so, uh, he, he was, uh, he was working for the army for a while, specifically working on, uh, weapons. And, uh, to kind of think about the, uh, economy of the country at this time, a lot of, uh, private organizations, including car companies and, uh, major in- engineering firms, um, Northrop Grumman, um, Boeing, those types had been for, you know, several years producing, weapons and producing vehicles for military purposes and even though the world war ii ended and a lot of that was downsized these companies still were working on weapons but a lot of their revenue streams were cut significantly and that sort of comes into the conspiracy idea much later but uh so the space program in america started and it was originally fairly disastrous um American uh, American scientists were working on to try to develop their fir- rockets of their own, and they kept exploding and did not work. And the lines were super long at Star Tours. <laughs> yeah, especially if you wanted to go on all six different tours. Um, but so uh, finally Eisenhower was like, okay, maybe we can clean up this Von Braun guy's background and actually get him to produce rockets for us. Uh, Wasn't Eisenhower, like, talking to aliens at this point, you know? Uh, well, yes, in that he was an alien and he spoke with his family once a week. <laughs> okay. uh, but no, following following Sputnik, um, you know, they really kicked into high gear this space program because the, the Americans wanted to compete with the Soviets on a scientific public relations uh, playing field for... Uh, you know, world opinion about their ability and intentions. And so they really started to kick up their, their NASA program. And that's when... How can you compete shooting puppies into space? <laughs> that is like the cutest thing ever from public relations. <laughs> yes, we shoot puppies into outer space because we are better than Americans. The only problem is those dogs did not live. No puppies do. Okay? Not on They're... this plane. Puppies are like replicants. They only let them live for three day or three years because otherwise they will gain sentience and take over. Well, have you ever seen a puppy handling a turtle on its back in the middle of the desert? Yeah. The shit is crazy. It's awesome, especially if you're on peyote. So, so yeah, NASA started and we had our, our, our initial astronauts go into space, uh, the, the first of which, which was Matthew Shepard, uh, or... Sam Shepard. No. What is his real name? Matthew Shepard is that no, gay guy Jack, who was yeah, beat Jack Shepard from Lost. Sam Elliott. Jesus Christ. Elliot Gould. Oh, I really apologize for that. What was his name? Is Shep Shep Ramsey. <laughs> Shep Proudfoot. <laughs> it's Alan Shepard. Alan Shepard, Jesus. You dumb piece of shit. I would like to apologize to the entire LGBT community as well as the Shepard family. Oh, that was... Wait, Shep, wasn't that like the fourth or fifth stage or some shit? Shemp. Shemp. Shemp, yeah. Shemp was the first dog to go to space. Shemp and Zeppo Marx invested heavily in uh, America's um, military industrial complex because they weren't funny. (laughs) Oh, come on, man. 
It's a great party you have in here. You only made one mistake, inviting me. <laughs> no, Zeppo, Zeppo was the, like, straight man of the Marx Brothers. <laughs> they were all gay except for him. <laughs> he was the Kevin McDonald of the Marx Brothers. Well, it's, there's that famous Groucho Marx slash Freud uh, quote. Sometimes a cigar is just a thing I want inserted in my anus. <laughs> Groucho, the Norm McDonald of the uh, Groucho of the Marx Brothers. Oh, uh, man. I've been watching a lot of Marx Brothers movies, by the way, and they fucking hold up. Except yeah, for, for sometimes sure. it's just like, hey, let's take eight minutes to have Harpo play a song on the harp. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, I guess, guess I guess that's okay in this 78-minute comedy. Um, space? I'm anyway, so sorry. Space. Alan Shepard went to space, and the Gemini Mercury uh, Project's succeeded in getting americans into space they started off with uh, single man uh lunar ca- or uh, space capsules they upped it to two ed white walked in space uh they upped it to no it's still two i guess um but we had michael jackson moonwalked in space yes and then he released ghosts which was a 30 minute <laughs> bizarre music video that played on vh1 sometimes when they had little else to show um but uh but so eventually this is kind of bullshit space that we're talking about at this point yeah this is like you know the first the first uh, journeys into space were were like five to 15 minutes long they were very that's, short yeah that's and there were what like a couple miles above the earth yeah even like john yeah. john glenn who famously um uh orbited was the first uh american to orbit the globe he was only up there for like 40 minutes yeah, even yeah. Georges Millier's film Voyage sur la Lune was longer than that shit. Yeah. And The Day the Earth Stood Still was 82 minutes of gripping science fiction drama. Kalatu Varata History! <laughs> so, um, so eventually, uh, Lee's favorite, Jack Kennedy, gets in office, and he's given a speech... Uh, at Rice University, where he makes his famous proclamation, which, Lee, I will let you do the honors. Um, my car is around the block. Uh, if you uh, have 15 uh, minutes, uh, we can uh, spend a little time in there and uh, uh, get to know each no, other. No, no, no. The speech he made in public to the university. Oh, okay. Um Ask not what your wife can do for you. Ask what you can do for your wife's friends. Yeah. Yeah. He fucked all of his wife's friends yeah. in the stadium, surrounded by cheering fans. Well, Brian, what the fuck do you want me to read? <laughs> uh, trying to set you you think he has all of Kennedy's speeches memorized? I figured he could paraphrase, uh, we choose to go to the moon uh, okay. in the next decade right. and return him safely to Earth. Uh, but so he made that speech, and that was a real ramping up of uh, of, of NASA's mission and uh, funding and capabilities. And so for the but next, don't all the presidents say that? Uh, well, yeah, Obama recently announced it uh, himself, but uh, they think it, they think he was just trying to deflect from all the criticism over all of the shit that just was uh, made public. Yeah, but I, even like I, Lincoln um... was like, "We're gonna, I promise, we'll be on the moon by the end of my term." Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately shot to death and you can yeah so you that's can, why we didn't get to go okay so now pause episode two and go back to episode one of inside jobs and listen to the lincoln assassination yeah. footnote oh, okay c <laughs> ed c ish one 
Excelsior! Wait, didn't Gingrich say that like at the end of his 14th term, he will be a robot on the moon or something like that? That's precisely he, what he said. But he, yeah. he was referring to term as uh, another woman's husband. Um, Yeah, his brain is going to live forever on Planet X. That was Newt Gingrich's promise, along with 250 gas. Right. And I still say we should have voted for him. Hey, I did. Okay, Brian, I found the speech. Okay. You ready? Uh, just, read, right. just read the one sentence. We can't go forever. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Space, the final frontier. <laughs> These are the voyages of my cock and balls. It's fine. It's, it's supposed to be eight-year mission, but only 300-day uh, mission to seek out all forms of poon, to fuck them, to boldly go where you have gone before, your wife. Uh, what, it, what would uh, George W. Bush say if he were giving a speech? Oh, my. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I stopped listening after you said George. <laughs> <laughs> so he gives a speech. NASA goes through uh, a lot of trials and tribulations. Uh, Apollo 1 infamously uh, explodes on the landing pad due to over-oxygenated uh, environment in the capsule. Star Trek gets canceled after the third season, which was clearly the weakest of the three seasons. Roddenberry turns to drink. A young George Lucas has the idea of THX-1138 in his beady little eyes, but does not have the ability to produce the short film yet. Also, he has one neck at that point. <laughs> Yeah, George Lucas originally started uh, with one neck. Now he is down to zero necks. <laughs> uh, so eventually we got Apollo 8 up to uh, the moon and they orbited the moon. Uh, or did we? Man, and we think Hollywood is sequel obsessed. And then <laughs> uh, and then they did a couple uh, of other tests like crashing um satellites into the moon and then finally uh in 1969 under the watchful eye of richard m nixon which i can't remember which episode that was i think it was episode under five the inspired aegis of the great richard milhouse nixon yeah um the deal he was closing with studebaker by the way <laughs> it was to construct the lem so so did you guys know that he actually um his speechwriters prepared william sapphire in okay. the event of moon disaster or of lunar ben disaster, Ben Stein. Yeah, Ben Stein. In the event you win my money, <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel will give it to you. <laughs> While Brian's dying, Ooh, yes. Um, oh, it happened prepared, early this episode. They prepared two speeches. One was which was if um, they made it back and the other one was if they got stuck on the moon and it's like this haunting crazy speech and actually we do a reading of it on one of the older episodes of morning handsome which i don't remember which one it is because unlike brian i don't listen to all the fucking episodes of my podcast and know what episode is what hey i have to edit all these fuckers and then i manage the website so i am well versed in which episodes are which no. the second the second speech was them telling us that uh Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and that other guy loved the moon so much they decided to live there. <laughs> I met Buzz Aldrin. It's actually. a fantasy land up there. <laughs> uh, you met Buzz Aldrin? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, uh, man, he, I'm very jealous. Yeah, he um, he uh, he was at um, Barnes and Noble. greeting people outside the Sands Hotel. <laughs> 
And uh, I said, how does it feel to be second? And uh, Oh, and man, like, I bet he hasn't heard that before. Yeah, and he was like, he was like, how did your dad feel to be second in your mom after me, bitch? And then he punched me. No, actually, he just signed my book, and uh, he had a toy of Buzz uh, Lightyear next to him. Uh, I like his line in um, Futurama where he says, where they're like, yeah, second to walk in space. And he goes, first to take a soil sample. <laughs> first to soil himself in space. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who took the first shit in space? Um, I think that was Abraham Lincoln. Uh, Mikhail Gorbachev. When we launched his body tied to a cross into space, and he loosened his bowels. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this! <laughs> he was already dead, Brian. Then it's even weirder that he was yelling that. Yeah. <laughs> and Adolf Hitler can be seen in the background of the picture. <laughs> so... Uh, as I said, July 20th, 1969, uh, the Eagle landed on the moon. They spent about... Man, what a summer that was, huh, guys? <laughs> yeah, we had Woodstock, <laughs> landing on the moon. That song about how great that summer was. <laughs> the, that, that song actually came out in January of 69. Oh, it was okay. very predictive. Standing on your mother's porch. We thought it was going to last forever. Um, and, and yeah, so, so uh, at like 2.45... Houston time, uh, Neil Armstrong walked out onto the surface of the moon saying, um, it's one st- small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. Yeah, he was supposed to say one small step for a man. Yeah, but, that's the whole uh, controversy. Instead, he said one st- small step for Iman, who was David Bowie's wife. Which is actually weird because she's six one and she has yes. a very long stride. So And she kisses William Shatner in Star Trek Six. Ugh. Why? Oh, yeah, she does. It's her. And then she turns into William Shatner because she's a shapeshifter. And he goes, I can't believe I kissed you. And she goes, it must have been your lifelong ambition. It's it's the weirdest performance he's ever done. And then he goes, I like it here. It's weirder than even those fucking songs he did with, like, Ben Folds or whatever. It's so weird. I, I, love, I love that. That's, that's a pretty good album. So I'm also a William Shatner apologist, just like you are a um, Adolf Hitler apologist. <laughs> I only I only apologize for his sense in fashion, which was impeccable. Yeah, yeah good point. Um, so a total of 12 people ended up walking on the moon. We sent uh, seven missions, but only six succeeded. You can pause the episode now and go watch Apollo 13 to fill you in on that episode. On that. Couldn't quite get Tom Hanks over there. Um, and uh, then they pulled a lot of money out just as they were about to start sending actual scientists to the moon to do better tests. And uh, NASA just didn't have the money to go to the moon anymore. And we have not been back since. So, yeah. so that is sort of the real story. Yeah, they spent $40 million, I think, on the, uh, the, the Apollo mission to get there to the moon. Yeah. Smaller than the budget of Apollo 13. Smaller than the budget for Obama's FEMA camps. <laughs> but not as big as his budget for his death camps. <laughs> death panels. Death panels, right. Uh, so that's sort of the official NASA story. Uh, but in about uh, the mid to late 70s... Let's get to the real story now, <laughs> now that we know the official 
quote unquote story. Yeah, in the in the mid to late seventies, rumors started that uh, we had actually not gone to the moon, uh, and that these uh, landings were all faked on television and film studios in order to claim a morale win over the Soviets in the race for the moonshot. So there are various elements that people point out in order to back up the idea that Apollo 11 and the subsequent Apollo missions never landed on the moon. Um, yeah. You can see a boom microphone in one of the shots. Yeah. Jane Fonda <laughs> is in the background of one of them. Uh, but, she, but she's got little shining bright lights in front of her nipples. So There's a bunch of continuity errors, um, like that part where Robert Redford is eating an apple and then they cut back and he's eating a pear. Oh, wait, that's out of Africa. Uh, Neil Armstrong comically falls back into a backdrop and knocks it over. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, there, there's some like strange stuff going on with the photographs. Like in all of the photographs, there's these crosshairs that were on the camera. Um, and obviously if the crosshairs on the camera, it's, it's going to be on top of any image that the camera takes. And yet there's a couple examples that allegedly show the crosshairs behind the images, which is interesting. Also, there's a couple of shots where <clears throat> the um, the background seems to be the same background in another shot. So they'll show one background that has the module, or I'm sorry, one shot that has the module, and there's a you know a background of a hill in the back. Then they'll show another shot um, that looks exactly like that background. In fact, you can put them on top of each other, and they match up perfectly. And yet the module is can't be moved and the module is only in one of the shots in fact the module is allegedly still there um so there's some interesting kind of things there's a there, another way that you can tell that the backgrounds or the backdrops possibly haven't moved is that you can see a man hanging from a tree in the background <laughs> and he doesn't appear to have moved between several different shots that nasa released yeah. and there's a ghost Right behind Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> there's also there are also um, you know no stars. There's no yeah, stars. Yeah, no stars is another because issue. they couldn't get Gutenberg. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, banger up top. Uh, um, um, also, you the, can also see the, the, flag. the flag. Yeah, the flag yeah. seems to wave when it's assembled. Uh, but like a lot of the shadows. A oh, sorry. So uh, a lot of the shadows appear to be intersecting or falling in uh you know non-parallel lines suggesting multiple light sources when we know that the only light source was the sun right that's what it's called the big light thing well if they had had gutenberg there would have been another source of light yeah. oh his smarmy 80s charm <laughs> uh oh by the way three men and a baby directed by leonard nimoy yeah it's all uh, coming together. <laughs> yeah, space. He he considered the needs of the many over the needs of the one. <laughs> he considered three men and a baby his apology for faking the moon landing. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's the one where they go back to San Francisco, right? Three <laughs> men and a baby. All right. Yeah. So why don't we take a little break here uh, and get our bearings, and then we'll go into uh, whether that's all shit. Yeah, that is literally the reason I'm calling this. Uh, And then when we come back, we can go into whether any of this evidence for fakery holds up. We'll be back after this brief shit on Inside Jobs. (laughs) 
<laughs> I wish they could be brief. <laughs> I'm gonna step off the limb. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. Columbia, Columbia, this is Houston, AOS, over. Roger, the EVA is progressing beautifully. They're setting up the flag now. I guess you're about the only person around that doesn't have TV coverage of the scene. That's all right, I don't mind a bit. So, Lee, as you were saying earlier, there was a film made in the late 70s called Capricorn One. Yep. And it purports to be the story behind the story. It's uh, the story of Barbara Streisand's husband, uh, (laughs) Nicole Brown Simpson's murderer, and... Sam Watterson? What else? He's on Law and Order, right? Right. And it's about the three of them faking the moon landing. The Mars landing. Or sorry, the Mars landing. It, but it's a, it's like, it is Mars, but it's about the moon landing, just kind of like how MASH is about the Korean War, but it's really about Vietnam. Right. But they or use like, the moon as Mars. Yeah. Right. The moon plays Hot Lips. Yeah. <laughs> and Radar plays the Radar. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, I, I think that's an interesting, uh, point that they made this movie in the late seventies. This is the beginning of the academic scholarship on the, uh, moon landing conspiracy theory. Capricorn (laughs) one. Well, it's, 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 it's during the seventies, you have all these movies like parallax view and three days of the condor and, um, the uh, China syndrome and all, you know, these sort of movies that suggest, uh, a very cynical view of American society and uh, especially the powers that be who uh, want to cover up uh, nefarious dealings. And, you know, a lot has been written about how by this point in um, American culture, there was a there were plenty of realistic or I'm sorry, real life uh, events such as the dragging on, dragging on of the Vietnam War and Watergate and the assassination of so many public figures. The Not few- enough has been written about that crazy scene in the Parallax View uh, where uh, Warren Beatty sits down and has to watch that crazy montage of <laughs> weird violence and peaceful images. Oh, you're thinking of Clockwork Orange. No. They're trying to deprogram him. <laughs> Warren Beatty? You're thinking yeah. of the game. <laughs> where he jumps off uh, the building into his birthday party? Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler yeah. alert. So sorry. I'm thinking of Mortal Kombat, the movie, the game. Right. Uh, so what I was trying to say is there had been all these serious movies that took uh, this identity of conspiracy. Um, all you the know, president's moon. All the president's <laughs> <laughs> Follow the moonies. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but, but then fi- we have Capricorn <laughs> one, which is, uh, a sort of a parody of those movies, but using the same, uh, cultural, uh, commodity of conspiracies in order to, you know, have its plot. Um, because when it comes to Kennedy assassinations or MLK, Malcolm X, Watergate, et cetera, et cetera, these are all very serious events that had very high stakes and tragic results. Uh, and there is a little bit of legitimacy to claims about shadowy forces being involved in uh, in the perpetration of all of those crimes. 
But when it comes to the moon landing, claiming that it was faked on a Hollywood set is fairly ridiculous. And although Capri- you maybe <laughs> and uh the kind of links you have to go to to establish a moon landing hoax are you know like like many conspiracies very silly there so, was a quarter of a million people involved in the moon landing right that was going to be my very next point you have various private companies uh NASA engineers, scientists, journalists, civilians who saw the uh, Saturn V rocket going into space, amateur ham radio enthusiasts who were able to track the uh, Apollo 11 as it left Earth orbit to go amateur into the moon. Amateur Steve Gutenberg enthusiasts. <laughs> people, people who could look up in the night sky and see apollo going over their houses well Uh, correct me if i'm wrong but the retrofitted narrative now here is that they did actually launch a rocket into space but they just didn't get to the moon well that 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 goes on to sort of like our episode 12 which go ahead and pause and give that a listen but um the narrative of uh, the moon landing hoax when it is Wow. Can we get any less professional? Wow. If that's not banger, I'll be pissed. Yeah. We, okay, we get to listen to the phone call. It was cool. It was just Steve Gutberg. I screen all my Goot calls. (laughs) Um, He's always asking if he could be in the episode. He's like, Boys from Brazil remake with me as Mingala. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Sorry, I don't I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, the so every time a piece of evidence has definitively challenged the moon landing hoax, the narrative has changed, as Gene just suggested. So originally the we narrative had the, evolved. The narrative evolves, pardon. So originally we had this idea that that uh, all the moon landings were faked. Um because for instance, all of the telemetry data from the Apollo one or Apollo eleven launch uh, does not exist and was what is lost. That, what does that mean? What is telemetry? Uh, telemetry is like the the rocket uh, flight data, like the black box. <laughs> but yes, man, why don't they make the rocket out of a black box? <laughs> well, because they're too busy spending forty million dollars to make a pin that writes upside down, while the Soviets were just using a pencil. Oh, man. (laughs) Take the pen. (laughs) Take the shot. Take the pen. Uh, That might be the retrofitted story, but the retrofitted Enterprise from Star Trek The Motion Picture actually did go to the moon. And that, to me, is the proof that there is no moon landing hoax, because the budget of the moon landing, as I think I stated earlier, was $40 million. And the budget of Star Trek The Motion Picture was $46 million. And Star Trek The Motion Picture looks like goddamn shit. Like the special (laughs) effects basically just look like my Enterprise uh, Christmas ornament just on a pubic hair floating in front of a wall. And we all know that Voyager was also faked. (laughs) So the storyline of Motion Picture does not make any sense. Yes. Um, That's because Hollywood used industrial light, or not Hollywood, uh, NASA used industrial light and magic for their special effects. 
Right. So, uh, so yes, the telemetry data was lost for Apollo 11, but it exists, uh, it exists for the other flights. So it's like, well, uh, Apollo 1 wasn't, or Apollo 11 wasn't actually launched into space, but the other ones were. And, uh, then when they find retro reflectors on the moon's surface, uh, that reflect lasers if you point right at them from the Earth, it's like, oh, well, those were left by robots because we actually did send rockets into space. And robots left those retro reflectors there. Wait, so um, we can point laser pointers at the moon, and we can see them? You need you need a stronger uh, you need a stronger laser than one that you could just buy commercially. But you, yeah, you can you can aim a, a laser at uh, publicly available coordinates on the moon, and it will reflect back at you. Nice. Yeah. And when they sent the robots to the moon, they said, "Oh my, I've forgotten how much I hate space travel." <laughs> Why would they send an etiquette robot to the moon? <laughs> because he's fluent in over, over six million forms. Of yeah, what if there's some really prissy moon men? <laughs> Wait, so he's he's familiar with uh, six billion forms of communication. That uh, that probably includes forms of sign language. Yeah, and, and yet he can barely move. <laughs> right. It also does not include the um, how to play magic cards. I don't understand. Yeah, I, I don't, don't either. It's too. a really stupid game. Why would anyone play it? No, it's a great game. Um, oh, okay. Come on. I'll play it right now. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Um, I used to play magic cards uh, because my friend and I would play them up in this tree fort. Um, and up in the tree fort, it overlooked these this house of the uh, girls who lived next door. And they used to uh, take their clothes off for us. Well, I'll just be sitting here continuing to wish I had Lee's life. <laughs> I just like to play magic cards because I like to imagine myself as a planeswalker wielding spells. I like to imagine himself as having a friend. Yeah. Well, you were tapping mana. I was tapping neighbor pussy. Yeah. You you were tapping looking at someone. <laughs> I was tapping my watch, waiting for this episode to get back on track. So there's a lot of elements of uh, of the moon landing uh, hoax that are, you know, sort of as we've pointed out, the downfalls of many conspiracies. How could so many people keep it a secret? Uh, why are, why is there so much contrary evidence? And why is so much of the quote evidence for the moon landing hoax the type of stuff where you're looking for evidential anomalies as opposed to? Uh, you know, using a scientific method of determining what actually happened. To answer your uh, question about how they could keep so many people quiet, haven't a lot of people connected to uh, the Apollo program been mysteriously, not been mysteriously, but haven't they mysteriously died? Yeah, Neil Armstrong at the age of 83 was <laughs> finally silenced by the government. Yeah. I like how, yeah, they talk about how many astronauts die, and uh, what should be pointed out is that... Um, being an astronaut is the most dangerous thing ever. <laughs> like, they have to test all of this technology that had like never worked before. Like someone said that uh, you know it was Apollo One that was the one that blew up, right? Like mm -hmm. while they were testing it out, someone said that like that was a government conspiracy or whatever. But it's also like, why don't you just you know shoot them? 
Yeah, why why do you want to create a devastatingly and embarrassingly public tragedy <laughs> yeah. that hampers your own agency, which is supposed to then go to the moon? No, it oh, made man. it made people want to succeed more. Oh, to tri- tri- triumph over that. Yeah, it was kind of like after the Titanic sunk. Didn't we didn't uh, we just build a new one recently? Uh, that was a movie, Gene. Yeah, that one. Man, you know what's that great is, is that part where the guy falls down the boat and his head hits the propeller. That's why that movie won an Oscar. I liked the part where I tapped looking at Kate Winslet's boobs. <laughs> uh, 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 no, I mean, the the idea that they could keep all these people secret is kind of odd because, it, as, as Lee said, it involved so many different people. But uh, not all of these people were under the aegis of the government even. We're talking about... Yes, NASA scientists and yes, civil servants that worked with budgets and and whatnot. But it's also private companies that were contracted for work and that were, uh, you know, working in close lockstep with NASA guidelines. But it's so many people throughout not only the United States, but the world Uh, all got paid off. They basically just took that 40 million and then just everybody got a cut. Well, uh, here you go. Pretend is, you were on the moon. Good job. Here, here you go. Here's your cut. Pretend we went on the moon. And as Dana Carvey pointed out, but you're right. It's just too good. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Did he point it out after he had botched heart surgery? Uh, no, he pointed it out while doing comedy, which is something he apparently he's forgotten how to do. <laughs> uh, but as a like personal story, so my, like my grandfather worked on the. Um, uh, Apollo mission. So he yeah. thinks. <laughs> yeah, he made the back. Didn't your dad? Didn't your grandpa come into some mysterious wealth around that time? Yeah. Well, he lives in a gold palace. So, but I think that's unrelated. Uh-huh. No, but he um he worked for uh, Lockheed Martin, uh, and he was part of a team that designed the backup uh, landing parachute. So if the primary chute failed. He was the guy, and his team helped design the system to uh, deploy the secondary backup parachute. And it was just and a grocery it... store plastic bag where you put the <laughs> handles over your shoulders. I thought Luck- it was luckily the... they never had to use it. I thought it opened as the Union Jack, and then the James Bond theme played <laughs> after you ski off a cliff while the Queen is parachuting into <laughs> a stadium. Um, but actually, uh, my, my grandfather actually worked uh, on it, too. Uh, he, he founded a company called Space Labs Medical. Well, actually, it was, found, it was called Space Labs. Now it's Space Labs Medical. And they developed the heart monitors that you now have in hospitals, but they were originally designed for um, space missions. You guys and are actually, such fucking liars. Your uncles worked at Nintendo and your grandfathers worked on the Apollo 1 spaceship. <laughs> Wait, so Lee, so does your grandfather own the patent to that device? I uh, know he sold everything Ugh. related to his company, and then the guy went public. Ugh. <laughs> uh, devastating. Wait, did you guys have like a kid at school who said that like his dad, his own had an uncle worked for Nintendo? That was the joke. Yes, everybody oh, had. Yeah, that friend. everybody had the friend who got all the video games early. Uh, everybody had a dad who worked at Nintendo, and everybody had a grandfather who worked for the Apollo mission, except for Gene, whose grandfathers had no jobs. Yeah. Our grandfathers both worked for the Apollo mission, so, you know, that's plain evidence My right there. We have a connection. My grandfather worked for Oscar Mayer, and I got to eat all the hot dogs I wanted. 
That's why you're obese, Gene. <laughs> uh, but no, there's proof positive that we went to the moon because if they worked on that stuff, uh, you know, it wouldn't be for a hoax. But yeah, right. like we said, you guys launched a rocket into space, but it didn't go anywhere. It just it just came back down because all the astronauts would have died from radiation poisoning or something. Mm, good well, point. What, what is interesting about all those astronauts who died is because, as Lee mentioned, it was a very dangerous job. But apparently, they were also uh, like like speed freaks, um, because they were mean freaks. Yes, be- no, they loved the Keanu Reeves movie Speed. <laughs> Uh, no, they loved watching the Todd Browning movie Freaks at two times its normal place. <laughs> um, no, they were all like, uh, you know, former test pilots and, and, and jet pilots. And they apparently all had like f- crazy fast sports cars and they would drive around in Texas and Florida, wherever they were stationed, just at crazy speeds, ignoring speed limit, ignoring traffic signs. And then they would also, to keep their pilot skills up, they would also continue to test fly, um, uh, test, test planes. And there were a ton of accidents that happened both on the air, in the air and on the ground. And, that resulted in quite a quite a lot of astronauts dying before the Apollo missions, and so now people will claim that that's part of the hoax. Like, oh, uh, this guy died in a one car accident the week before Apollo Eleven launched because it was he was sh- driving like a fucking crazy person. <laughs> well, no, it's because the government poisoned his drink and he something happened. Uh, but yeah, Got so beer goggles. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so there, there are a lot of deaths, but they're not so mysterious once you look into the background of, uh, what a lot of NASA scientists were doing. But they can stay mysterious if you don't really look. Yeah. If you stop looking into it, it remains mysterious. Yeah. Just like female anatomy to me. That's why you need to get a tree fort, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's why I need to play magic cards, not solitaire, but in a tree fort with my best pals. <laughs> Your best pals, Colossus of Sardia, um, from Magic Cards. I'm trying to think of one other. Uh, Squirtle. Ezra. Ezra is a magic Squirtle. Card. And Charizard. <laughs> and Charo. So yeah, so if you look at a lot of uh, a lot of stuff around the moon hoax, um, you have your pro conspiracy and your anti conspiracy stuff. Um, so in two thousand one, Fox. I heard your anti your anti conspiracy. She works for Nintendo too. Yeah, yeah. She gets me all the games, all the Pokemon <laughs> DS games. Um, but uh, but so like for instance, one of the one of the most famous ones is uh, in two thousand one, Fox broadcast a uh, moon hoax documentary and i'm doing scare quotes with my hands just so you know over the words Uh, fox (laughs) (laughs) yes there was i thought it would be an anthropomorphized fox telling me how we fake the moon landing it was just some douche in a trench coat it's just some network (laughs) (laughs) um and so yeah they aired this documentary that was all about how uh, the moon landing was faked, and uh, to this day, that has had quite an impact about um, people who can, who think it was a hoax. For instance, my mother, 
uh, whose father is the grandfather that I mentioned who worked for the Apollo program. But she's she definitely it's like she bails on endorsing it. She's just like, well, I just have a lot of questions. That's all you need. Yeah. I mean, I got a lot of questions, too. Like, who in their right mind fucking believes this shit? (laughs) I just have questions. What time is dinner? (laughs) Will you make it for me? (laughs) I'm not allowed to use the microphone. Microwave. Will Brian ever know where the G-spot is? (laughs) Will Brian ever know what a G-spot is? You don't believe that exists either, though. Will Stamps.com ever sponsor us? Yeah, what the fuck, Stamps.com? You sponsor every podcast but ours. I'm beginning to wonder if we really exist. Well, I yeah. think there's, we've got to figure out what the conspiracy is in the Stamps.com market. Uh, because there has to be a reason that they're not funding our literally hundreds of downloads per episode. Right, and Stamps.com and Audible.com are both fighting to get to Mars first. That's actually a good point about Mars, or a, a, a good a good in for a tangent, um, because uh, one thing that people will say is, look at the people who were behind NASA and NASA's ballistics programs. Werner von Braun, as I mentioned, as well as other Nazis. Who is f- taping up a box in the background? That would be Lee. What hmm? are you doing? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jesus. I don't really know what I'm doing. Uh, so Werner von Braun was a Nazi, um, <laughs> as were other Nazis who were working in. They've ar- they've already publicly lied about their backgrounds, and the American government has covered it up for them. So a lot of conspiracy theorists will say, well, look at this. There's previously this example of them lying on a massive scale. But uh, that sort of falls apart for a number of reasons, the two most important of which are, uh, one, just because they lied about something else doesn't mean they would lie about something uh, uh, something totally unrelated, like faking the moon landing. But two, and this is maybe a little bit uh, more compelling of a reason, is that Werner von Braun was actually uh, huge into space travel, and he got into rocketry and uh, rocket science because he wanted to send a manned flight to Mars. And when he eventually teamed up with NASA, he was actually disappointed that they didn't endorse his idea because he wanted to first go to the moon to set up a launch pad and a base from which we could then travel to Mars. And right. when they didn't endorse that mo- that um that idea and they Because it was were... fucking stupid. <laughs> no, because it's fucking awesome. I want to go to Mars. Uh when they didn't do that, he still remained with them, but he was obviously, you know, upset that they didn't go for his idea. So uh, under what pretense would he want to guard this hoax uh, yeah. of going to the moon when he didn't even agree with the idea of sending a manned mission to the moon that, in, in a way that didn't result in, in a space station? If the American government just wanted to convince us that they went to the moon, they should have just said... We have not been to the moon. <laughs> right. Because they lie about everything, they must have been lying about that. Exactly. So, let's face it. The only thing NASA is really doing is walking in a line in slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, like in every movie about NASA, everyone like walks in a line in slow motion. Oh, you mean down down the uh, to the launch pad to get yeah, into exactly. the rocket. Yeah. It's like, why don't they just walk single file? You got to walk next to each other. 
I thought astronauts walked single file to hide their numbers. (laughs) (laughs) That's why they have stripes. Uh, I wonder if when Tom Wolfe was writing the right stuff, every morning he would sit down at his typewriter and say, I wonder if I've got the right stuff today. And that's uh, not typing. God. <laughs> I remember, I wonder if uh, Ian Fleming, while writing the novel Moonraker, every morning when he sat down at his typewriter went, I wonder if Michael Crichton, when he sat down to write Jurassic Park every day, went, Dun 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 Oh man, spared no expense, Gene. <laughs> man, yeah, whatever we're paying you is totally worth it. <laughs> something, something, Samuel L. Jackson's arm. But uh, but yeah, uh, another thing, if you want to like watch watch another program on the moon landing hoax, uh, MythBusters did an entire episode about it. Oh, Sheree's uh, gonna be on MythBusters. Actually. What? Yeah. Hold the fucking phone. She's going to be on Mythbusters? Yeah. Doing what? Um, yeah, it's a... Uh, Wait, it's are a... they busting the myth that Lee has a fiancé who is real? Zing, bada bada zing. Um, no, it's actually... They just pull off the wig and it's banger. <laughs> it's actually, um, a myth about do guys who make more money seem hotter? Mm. That seems really boring. Like, all the other ones are like, let's blow some shit up. Let's see what happens when you really shoot something. Wait, that's really the myth? That's really the myth. What? Like, what? They're going to have Sheree walk by some rich guys and see if she breaks up with you for one of them? Basically. But I I asked that, and I was like, okay, so if you leave with some ugly rich guy, like, I'll know what happened? And she's like, no, 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 they just showed us pictures. So I was like, okay, so if you leave with some rich picture, I'll know what happened? (laughs) So there's all going to be pictures of Lee dressed up as the Monopoly man. <laughs> man, those bags full of money and that monocle. Uh, he's got all the oranges and they all have hotels on Oh, them. no. Oh, why didn't the robot win to be the new player thing? That stupid fucking cat won. Sorry, Lee. Reddit wins the day again. <laughs> Science for the win. <laughs> It's just like when Fart got Pitbull sent to Alaska. <laughs> um, Dig.com is like, I'll get you Reddit in my own sweet time, in my own sweet way. <laughs> HuffPost is just like, we're just stealing all of this material. <laughs> yeah. Drudge uh, Report is like, let's make this website as ugly as possible. Slate is like, here's a terrible idea. <laughs> The Guardian is like, here's something that is very important and matters. Perez Hilton is like, let's just draw some jizz on Neil Armstrong's face. BuzzFeed is like, ten reasons why the moon landing was obviously faked, slash pictures of kittens. Yeah, that's the best one. All right. So, uh, yes, as I was saying, Sheree will be on Mythbusters breaking the moon landing hoax. <laughs> where they address they address several of the controversies or supposed controversies over evidence that man walked on the moon. Uh, among these are that some of the photographs look odd. And um, this actually isn't addressed in the Mythbusters episode, but earlier Gene, uh, Lee brought up the fact that some of the crosshairs appear to not... Uh, cover items that they are that they should cover uh and the the sort of boring science explanation is that the uh 
the cameras were mounted on the astronauts chests and so they were preset to certain f-stop exposures and so uh the white against which against which those crosshairs uh are, are supposed to cover uh just is oh, yeah no overexposed <laughs> and it blanks them out yeah this is what happens when you look closer yeah, oh, this sorry, is what happens when you look closer at American Beauty. <laughs> oh, but uh, but yeah, there's other things like the shadows seem odd, and they, um, the MythBusters go uh, make up models with lighting, and they show that it's just like lens flares. Uh, it's not secondary sources of light. Other conclusions um, of the MythBusters episode were take that fucking hat off. Yes, Jesus. hat guy. Yeah, does that yeah. guy ever take that hat off? I think that when he does, um, it's there's just like a uh, like a robot brain is exposed or some shit like that, it's or he a, has like another set of eyes. Or it's something. such it's such a weird like I don't know how it stays on his head. It is like the second most mystifying hat in TV history after Adebisi from Oz's hat. How the fuck does it stay on his head all the time like that? <laughs> After William Shatner's toupee. Yeah. <laughs> the the third most disturbing hat mystery in television is why did that horseshoe wear a hat in the font of the Hey Dude logo? <laughs> On the next episode of Because it's a Inside cowboy Jobs. horseshoe. Hey, dude. I was more of a salute your shorts man myself. God, who wasn't? That show was pretty excellent. Yeah, yeah, remember that part where they showed the girl in the bikini? Uh, that was Donkey Lips. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> donkey Lips had such huge tits. It's yeah. like a totally difference. Uh, so, um, Brian's uh, like, that was me! <laughs> <laughs> but another thing that is kind of pervasive, and you can go on YouTube and look at other clips for examples of this, is uh, the idea that if they shot it in a Hollywood studio, uh, what they did is they sh- they showed uh, supposed astronauts in suits jumping around at slower speeds. Jump and the around. Way, the way that you can show this is by uh, speeding it up, speeding up the footage of the people on on the moon, and reveal that they it, it's obvious supposedly that they are just bouncing around on Earth. But uh, the um, however the they couldn't refute that a Coca Cola bottle was seen. By millions of people rolling, uh, rolling on the uh, floor of the moon. I don't. I that don't is a re- no. That's a real conspiracy theory that people said they yeah, saw there's... a Coke bottle rolling what? by, and that it was later like edited out. But when people saw the live moon landing, they claimed yeah. to see a Coke bottle rolling by. Jesus! In all of my research, I did not see that. That's crazy. there's certain people yeah. who were watching. That's where the uh, that's where the movie "The Gods Must Be Crazy" came from. <laughs> <laughs> The gods must be crazy too came from an insatiable desire for money. Yeah. <laughs> uh but so that takes us to this Hollywood set idea. And one of the more bizarre claims by conspiracy theorists is that Stanley Kubrick, who directed the seminal science fiction film 2001 Barry Lyndon Odyssey, uh was actually in charge of filming the faked moon landing. Uh, and subsequent to that, many people on, for instance, YouTube uh, and elsewhere on the Internet claim that The Shining is embedded with a code that reveals 
Kubrick's confession about having faked the moon landing. Or does it? And we learned that code from our uncle who works at Nintendo. (laughs) (laughs) This is my... It was a Nintendo Power... But you had to subscribe to yeah. get the bonus you had to call number zero-ish. <laughs> yeah. I was saying earlier on internet that I don't think that Kubrick filmed the moon landing, but I do think that he filmed 2001 Space Odyssey actually on the moon. Yeah. The special effects in that movie are fucking incredible. It's great. Uh, what a movie. I, did, I hated that movie when I first rented it. I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I got my wisdom teeth removed and watched it again. And that was the first time I was ever high. So I was like, <laughs> this is smooth. It's fucking awesome. It's so terrible. I think that's the scariest movie I've ever seen. Uh, the, the idea of being in outer space that far away from Earth alone is and just and Siri freaks out. By the way, have yeah. you asked Siri, if you have an iPhone, if you ask Siri what the plot of 2001 Space Odyssey is? What does she say? She says, like, it's about this computer that is about to make a great discovery, but two humans get in the way. Whoa, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I don't know if the That's new funny in the way that has. a Google Doodle is funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny in that it, ma- it's funny in that it makes you think, but it doesn't make you laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But so, um, uh, when we first started this uh, this show, uh, I I was looking for other content to put on our website, and I went to see the movie Room Two Thirty Seven, which uh, is a documentary. And again, I'm using scare quotes uh, around the word "room." Uh, <laughs> it's not but, really uh, a room. It's around the word "I," <laughs> I went to the yeah because it was we. I went with my girlfriend, and then quote uh, unquote. We, well, we got back from the movie, and she's like, "By the way, we need to talk." <laughs> so oh, yeah, I that's watched... when your girlfriend really broke up with you. That's not that funny. The, yeah, that's literally what happened. It was <laughs> terrible. Uh, but I read about it on the on the website. Wait, and so I did don't... watching that movie make your girlfriend realize she wanted to leave you? God, uh, yes. <laughs> she needed. To, she needed to... <laughs> She well, she go, realized she had she's... to dedicate the rest of her life to investigating the moon landing hoax. She finally was wise to all the minotaur th- uh, iconography in our relationship, uh. <laughs> and she had to she had to get out of there. Brian, it's not you; it's all of the weird shit you're into. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's not you, Brian. It's everything you do. Mm-hmm. Oh man, guys, you know what's great is right now I'm looking at a little coin uh that says apollo 11 july 20th 1969 that i got at a um thrift store and you then, got by squashing a penny yep and then <laughs> i'm looking at my wall and mounted on my wall is the original soundtrack from 2001 space odyssey with some awesome concept art oh man Lucky. Do you have the uh, Do you have the Jack Kirby comic book adaptation of two thousand one? I do not, but I have looked at it on internet, and it is great. Jack it Kirby, is crazy, um, yeah. Of course, Stanley's partner in crime with many of the uh, early Marvel comics. Yes. Anyway, Fantastic shit. Four. The, anyway, shit that we're into that girls will leave us for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's why. Uh, that's why she broke up with me. Um, no, so if you if you watch the movie Room 237, it's a lot of theories about weird uh, symbols and codes and 
continuity errors, etc., in The Shining and the way that people have inter- interpreted them. And one of the theories, which is actually fairly pervasive on YouTube um, in movies like The Shining Code, which you, if you type in on YouTube, you can watch all hour, an entire hour of, um, are uh, are about how the movie is a confession by Stanley Kubrick that he faked the moon landing. And one of the clearest references to the apollo 11 mission is that danny the young boy in the movie is the commentary was like this is how i fake the movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you unlock the special features uh in a um a secret menu on the on the dvd i uh, fake the moon landing <laughs> we need to get danny? we we need to get uh gene's dad to do his yeah jack only my dad mine's jack Nicholson. mine's just uh christian slater with a cold no, but so one of the one of the clearest examples is that Danny Torrance, the young boy in the film, wears a sweater that has a rocket on it, and the rocket is marked Apollo Eleven. There you go. That is it. Slam dunk. <laughs> the rest case all of, closed. All of the rest of the symbols are uh, bizarre interpretations that would not give you a passing grade in an English one hundred and one class in a community yeah. college. I think that The Shining is actually embedded uh, with uh, a secret confession from Stanley Kubrick that The Shining is overrated. Whoa. 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 Wow. Pump the brakes, wow. Lee. <laughs> yeah, we might have to take this conversation offline so that we can yell at you yeah. about oh, how great I, I that movie a, is. I have a business associate. I'll accept um, that, it's a, an ap- that it's an apology for, say, Clockwork Orange or even an advanced apology for... <laughs> Uh, Eyes damn wide it. shut. Mm, full metal jacket. Full metal jacket. Yes, but not the shining. F- shining. They suit. faked uh, Tom Cruise's butt in Eyes Wide Shut. They faked his erection for a woman in Eyes Wide. Shut. <laughs> <laughs> they they faked his interest in human events. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think The Shining is amazing. I and I agree with Gene. I think Clockwork Orange and Full Metal Jacket are wildly overrated. Mm-hmm. Shining is so fucking good. Yeah, Shining I, is top three Kubrick. Yes, along with Barry Lyndon and 2001. No, 2001 and Doctor Strangelove. That's, Man, it's like yeah. the Coen brothers. It's very hard to pick apart all the movies that are great. Right, and, the Mount so Ru- great. and the Mount Rushmore of Kubrick movies, I guess I would make um, <laughs> Barry Lyndon the Teddy Roosevelt head. <laughs> yeah, the weird anomaly. Uh, anomaly. Yeah. Yeah. My Mount Rushmore is Harrison Ford, Martin Sheen, <laughs> James Cromwell, and um, gosh, who's someone else to play? Bill Pullman, George Bill Washington. Pullman. <laughs> yeah, George Washington was the best actor who ever played. George Washington president. playing Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Keith playing Teddy Roosevelt in The um, Wind and the Lion. But yeah, if you if you watch Room Two Thirty Seven, I think it's uh, speaking of overrated. I think it's it's pretty weak. As far as movies go, because uh, it's it's basically like a like a record label sample of Shining conspiracies. But if you go online and you watch the actual um, documentaries that are about these, so like there are theories that The Shining is about the Holocaust or it's about the uh, you know Trail of Tears and the genocide against uh, Native Americans. Uh, my favorite is by Rob Ager, and it's about how. The Shining is a euphemism for uh, going off the gold standard. Well, unlike uh, Brian, I didn't see the movie tilting my nose in the air the entire time, so I actually saw the film, and I enjoyed the heck out of it. 
And unlike I, William Jennings, Brian, I will not be crossified on a cruise of cross of gold. <laughs> oh man, you idiot! <laughs> man, who invited the idiot on the show? <laughs> it was me. Um, that was that would have been an amazing joke, Lee. By the way, yeah, too good, bad. Good work. Uh, but yeah, um, watching watching some of these documentaries on YouTube is bizarre because uh, the people go pretty deep into how insane. Insane they are, seeing minotaurs in pictures where they don't exist. Yeah. So in God. short, The Shining is one big conspiracy theory. All right. So let's go around, and I will ask you, Lee, moon landing and or The Shining, inside job or not? Um, I think that the moon landing happened. Um, I think that the stock footage from the shining of cars driving was used at the end of the theatrical cut of blade runner and by knowing that i won a blade runner trivia contest at a midnight matinee wow what did you win um i won ticket uh, family tickets to the lawrence hall of science in berkeley but they wouldn't let me use them because i didn't have a family and i tried to bring my friends (laughs) uh gene Moon landing and or the shining, inside job or not? Uh, I Regarding the moon landing, I have too many questions, including <laughs> why haven't we been back to the moon since, especially when there was no good reason to ever go back. And <laughs> regarding the shining and room 237, both great films. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to withhold my opinion on the moon landing until the Chinese go there and can verify that the landing uh, gear, etc. are all still still on the surface. Right, because we can only trust the Chinese, really. Yeah, so, (laughs) uh, but at the same time, Obama just had a summit with uh, the new leader of China, whose name I don't remember. Uh, Uh, Long Dong Duck. (laughs) Oh, jeez. And they probably discussed how to f- perpetuate the myth. So, Also who, that who, who Wallace and Gromit movie where they build a rocket ship to go to the moon because they ran out of cheese. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but as, as, as for Room 237, uh, if you are dating a girl that you love with all of your heart, <laughs> don't go see it. But if you're single and have nothing but time in your life to edit a podcast about conspiracy theories... <laughs> definitely take the hour and a half to watch it by the way what happens when you guys tell people about this show like what are the reactions you get tell people yeah like where you're just like <laughs> <laughs> okay good point but like people ask me like what are you doing this week and i'm like oh i'm recording my podcast and they're like oh okay like what's it about and i'm like oh it's about like you know assassinations um and stuff like that uh, and the holocaust and it's real funny you should check it out <laughs> Uh, I just get, I, man, everybody has a podcast now. Well, that's because you live in L.A. and you're friends with all those Hollywood starlets. Yeah, with all of those podcast starlets. Did you tell your porn star neighbor? She doesn't, no, she moved a while ago. Oh. She did uh, strike me as the type that would listen to podcasts, though. All right, I think that was good for the moon landing. Let's take a little break and we will wrap up the show. All right. We'll be right back with some more bullshit on Inside Jobs. <laughs> room 237. In the book, The Shining, the room number is 217, but for the film, Kubrick changed it to 237. Here's the true reason why. 
the moon, the natural satellite of Earth visible by reflection of sunlight and traveling around Earth in a slightly elliptical orbit at an average distance of about 381,600 kilometers. The American Heritage Science Dictionary. 381,600 kilometers converted to miles is 237,000. Room 237 represents the moon. Guys, I think that was a great episode. We got to the bottom of why The Shining is such a great movie. Uh, and why you guys now secretly hate me because I think it's <laughs> overrated. And, 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 and why the moon landing was a complete hoax. And soon our Chinese overlords will actually land on the moon for the first time with human beings. Yeah. But then so. they'll change it to um, North Korea just to make it more palatable for international audiences. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of the reboot of Red Dawn. Yeah, wasn't one of the five Chinese brothers just capable of going to the moon? <laughs> After he sucked up all of the water on the moon? Man, thank he, God you made that reference. Because I was making a reference to that the other day, and someone was just like, that fuck are you talking about? God, that was, my, that was probably my favorite book when I was a kid. That was the book I read the most, because that was the book that my teacher had in the classroom that if you forgot your book during silent reading time, you could read that one. Oh, I thought you were going to say that's the book that you read the most because you actually don't know how to read, but you'd yeah. heard it so many times, you could just pretend to know what it said. <laughs> um, so if people want to get in touch with us, they can always call our hotline, which is 413-225-1963. And we had a fucking shit ton of calls, guys. Oh, yeah? We had so many calls, they are coming out the wazoo. Um, I'm going to save my favorite for the end. But uh, if you remember Tristan, our yeah. uh, our uh, contact from Detroit, he was recently in New York City. Is he the bookstore guy? Bookstore guy. Nice. He was in New York City and he, uh, he asked me out for a drink. I was unfortunately in Pittsburgh for work, uh, having the time of my life. So wow, Brian I, I, passed up on some gay date. I know. It was the first human contact I would have had in months. It's the first time you canceled plans on someone. Jeez. It would it would have been the first time I talked to a human being since December 12th, 2012. Oh, leaving okay. the IFC Center after the showing of Room 233. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's what Tristan said. Hey, it's Tristan from Detroit again. And I'm calling about advice on conspiracy discussion etiquette as I was recently flying back home from New York and the guy in front of me decided that it was a good time to talk very loudly about how the Boston bombings are an inside job and how they're killing off everybody who knows about it and like you know besides the obvious contradiction of how he knows about it and he's telling me about it um, <laughs> I was wondering when did it also become cool to shout bomb on an airplane and what is it cool to just tell some random stranger that you are trapped on an airplane for six hours with about, you know, bombings and assassinations? So, because um, I definitely don't think this was the coolest way to do it. But keep up the good work and let me know when I can uh, tell crazy those are crazy. Bye. When did it become cool to shout bomb on an airplane? January 20th, 2009. Okay, what happened then? 
uh, Obama was inaugurated. Oh, okay. Uh, no, when when do you tell someone that uh, what they're saying is crazy, especially a stranger? Second date. Second date. <laughs> That's well, second Gene, airplane you, date. If people know our previous uh, podcast, Gene's Jobs, uh, they all know the story of when Gene was sitting next to two little girls playing life on the iPad. And he asked them, what's the worst thing that can happen to you in life? It was after uh, they had put the game away. <laughs> so so in in that instance, it would be those girls who uh, need to know when they can tell a crazy person that he's being crazy. Yeah. So when did they tell you, Gene? And those little girls that nobody like grew up to be. Sasha and Malia Oba. <laughs> <laughs> And now you know the rest of the story. Uh, yeah, I, I would, I tend to just shy away from those kinds of interactions with strangers. Um, yeah, that's, what, he- that's for, what headphones were invented for. Yeah, except for one time I was at a bar and I was very sad because I was just out of college and I had to move back in with my parents. And this guy's like, "So what do you do?" And I don't know why, but I just made up the fact that I was writing a book about the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> Because I wanted to see how he would react, and he was really into it. That's awesome. Okay, that reminds me, when I was in Dallas last, um, actually, no, I think this was two times ago, because I went there for business um, after that. But when I was in Dallas to go to Daily Plaza, I was at this strip club um, the first night I was there. And the strippers would ask me what I would do for a living. And I said that I was a professional photographer and that this guy, this weird guy who runs a website called JFK007 had hired me (laughs) to come to Dallas to take pictures. I always say I'm a blimp captain. (laughs) Perhaps you've heard, you hand him a business card that says Hindenburg. (laughs) Oh, the humanity. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think there's no hard and fast rule on that one. Right. Uh, and if you feel like Gemma, you need... I hope that your son Shane has enough money for school. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. We got another call from our infamous uh, hater who goes by the name of Mark. Shit fuck McGee. Mark. <laughs> fuck. Mark from New Jersey. Okay. Jesus. Hey, inside slobs. I don't know what you're trying to pull. But I did not leave that message last week. There's no way that is me. And I've been on the phone with the Weekly Dictator, and we've decided that either you Manchurian candidated me, or this is another one of Lee's masterful, indistinguishable impressions of a person. But I don't, I don't know which one it is, but you're not going to get away with this. Listeners, follow the money. Find out what's going on. Something is happening here. Yeah, I mean, it was one of my masterful impersonations. Do uh, you guys want to hear my impersonation of Mark? Okay. I'm Mark. I call in the show, and I say I don't like it, but obviously I listen to every episode. Man, perfect impression. Man, did we just play that voicemail over again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to close this deal for Studebaker. Our, our rivals, the Weekly Dictator podcast, recently had trouble with their episode. I don't want to say it's because they crossed paths with the NSA and the PRISM project but uh i will say that and that is definitively what happened and by prism project you mean how they put general zod in that weird prism at the beginning of superman and shot him into space 
Right. Uh, also, Dark Side of the Moon cover. Also, um, time that up with Wizard of Oz. It doesn't really work. It does kind of if you're high and don't pay attention to how many times it doesn't. <laughs> uh, but then, my, uh, but yeah, if you want to check out the Weekly Dictator, who are just epic pieces of shit, you can go on iTunes and look them up, and they have a new episode that was pretty good, except for the fact that it cuts off. So they never talked about Malinche in context of Hernan Cortez. Hmm. I, I will point out that they like uh, read and stuff, mm-hmm. whereas we just watch Back to the Future and Ghostbusters a lot, and in Jurassic Park. Uh, our next call is maybe my favorite call of all time. Ah, cool. Hey, uh, this is Dash from New Jersey. <laughs> I am drunk and listening to your podcast, which I recommend everybody does. Uh, and. <laughs> Uh, your podcast will. So much truth. <laughs> all of it's true. <laughs> he said so much truth. Oh. Why yes. is it that all of our listeners are either drunk or hate us? Uh, I don't know, but I think that would be a good idea if people did uh, get get blitzed yeah. and fight on Sailor Jerry and Coke Zero and uh, give us a call at 413-225-1963. And don't get me wrong, I'm drunk and I hate you guys, so. <laughs> that was an amazing call. But if you want to get yeah. in touch with us in another way, our website is InsideJobsCast.com. You can always Twitter at us, in, at InsideJobsCast, or our email address is InsideJobsCast at gmail.com. So, uh, we have two important announcements. Lee, I will allow you to make the first. Oh, sure. A um, couple of things. Uh, I am going to be performing improvisational theater at the uh, Mason Social House in San Francisco uh, this uh, Thursday, the 27th of, the, of June, the year of our Lord, Adolf Hitler, 2013. Um, and Improv comedy. The Nazis were great at that, right? <laughs> they were great at that. Uh, it's a 7 o'clock 50 Mason Street, San Francisco. Uh, if you say that you came from Inside Job for Inside Jobs, I'll buy you a drink. Um, also, a new video up on figuresofaction.com called The Wrath of Shatner in honor of Star Trek Into Darkness. Oh, yeah, that's really good. Cool. That's so a check good, that it took you how many hours to produce that? A couple's. And then uh, up uh, soon, there's going to be an epic fight between uh, the Man of Steel and the Man of Adamantian when um, Wolver- the Wolverine comes out. So that'll be the next uh, mini-sode of uh, Figures of Action. And speaking of mini-sodes, we have decided to release a micro-sode. So uh, while you were you are, while you were getting this episode today, uh, check out our podcast feed and our website next week. When we will release another episode that I hope you like. So look out for that. But in the meantime, Lee, Gene, thank you very much for joining me to discuss the Moon Landing hoax. You're welcome. As always. Uh, And to our listeners, thanks for listening. Please go on iTunes and rate us if you uh, are a living, breathing human or not. And until, until the next episode, follow the money. (laughs) 